Israel and Hamas declare a ceasefire after Hamas launches a huge missile attack over the weekend. The United States sends an aircraft carrier to the Middle East. Venezuela mulls asking for military support from the United States to overthrow the Maduro regime. And the left continues to have their priorities all lined up. And yes, that is sarcasm. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. This weekend, brutal fighting has occurred between uh, Israel and the terrorist organization Hamas on the Gaza Strip. In all, Hamas fired 640 missiles, hitting 320 of their targets. The other missiles either didn't reach their targets, uh, (laughs) including landing in their own territory, or were shot down by the Iron Dome that is the missile defense system of Israel. Four Israelis were killed. In response, Israel continued its policy of targeted killing of militant leaders and launched an attack on hundreds of targets. It was reported that 24 Palestinians were killed, including civilians. One, one killed was t- a terrorist who transferred money, who was responsible for transferring money between Hamas and Iran. Egyptian mediators, backed by the UN, finally negotiated a ceasefire between Hamas and Israel. Uh, many Israelis are not exactly happy about it. They believe that the ceasefire just allows Hamas to recover and regroup. Many believe it is not enough. It's believe not enough is being done to eradicate Hamas from uh, from the Gaza Strip and other terrorist organizations within the Gaza Strip. Now, the Gaza, just to understand, the Palestinians actually did vote in the uh, Hamas in 2006, I believe it was 2006, Um, since then, the uh, Hamas has not allowed another election. So they haven't had an election over there in 13 years. Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, refused to confirm the ceasefire and has said the operations are ongoing, saying the campaign is not over and requires patience. We are preparing to continue. Israel has been under constant attack uh, by these animals in the Gaza Strip. Of course, the media and the left put the blame squarely on Israel. Israel did not start this week. Uh, this week, Israel did not start this weekend's violence, and their response, though massive, targeted terrorists and their infrastructure, including bases, communication centers, and weapons depots. Apparently, one of the communication centers was also a center that was used for cybercrime. And Israel had actually found malware viruses on their computer systems and decided to take that as an important, uh, as an important target. The Palestinians made it clear that a bunch of civilians were killed, during, uh, killed including two pregnant women, two babies, and a toddler. Now, I kind of doubt that. Uh, Hamas has been saying that Israel has been killing innocents for years. They do that to stir sympathy from the West, and it typically works. But the reality is the Hamas and the other terrorist organization in uh, the Gaza Strip, it's not Palestine, it's the Gaza Strip, have actually have actually used civilians as 
as barriers. They've used civilians as shields. They've been notorious for this. These people who are out there, you know, supposedly protest, they're not protesting. They're terrorists. They're hiding behind children, women. It's been known that Hamas has actually kept themselves in hospitals, have kept themselves in schools, because Israel does have a very strict guideline of not killing civilians. That's not what their goal is. But that doesn't matter. And no one thinks that. So let's take a look at some what some of our geniuses in Congress have decided to say, because you know they weren't going to stay off Twitter in this. Here's Ilhan Omar, probably, without a doubt, one of the dumbest Congress people and actually racist, uh, anti-Semitic Congress people in Congress. But she's kind of becoming the norm now, and it's becoming quite disturbing. Ilhan Omar tweeted, how many more protesters must be shot? Well, first off, no protesters were shot. And substitute protesters with terrorists because that's what Israel was going. How many rockets must be fired? Uh, is, uh, well, 640 rockets were fired by Hamas on Friday night. The reaction actually came from uh, Israel. Israel reacted. Israel was not proactive. And little kids must be killed until the endless of cycle of it, uh, uh, violence ends. It's a great question. When is Hamas going to stop attacking Israel? Because there were kids killed in Israel too. The status quo of occupation and humanitarian crisis in Gaza is unsustainable. That is just complete crap. There is no occupation of the Gaza Strip. Israel left the Gaza Strip. They are, there is exactly zero Jews in the Gaza Strip. The Gaza Strip has been left alone. There's no Jew in there. The Jews do not want the Gaza Strip. They gave the Palestinians the Gaza Strip. To sit back and say there's occupation is absolutely insane. There is no occupation. Only real justice can bring about security and lasting peace. Okay, yeah, you're right. The real She is right there. And the real justice is actually walking in there with a full military force and uprooting the terrorist organization Hamas in there, which, by the way, is being supported by Iran, and putting in a new democracy. I heard a great, I heard a great thing from uh, a great quote from Ben Shapiro today, and basically he said it's a mind game. He goes, "What would happen if all of Israel gave up their guns, all their weapons? Israel would be destroyed, and not a single Jew would be alive." What would happen if Palestine gave up all their guns, all their aggression, all their weapons? They'd be a state within 24 hours. No one seems to understand that. Israel has actually given quite, and I'm, I've never been a real pro-Israel guy until I actually started studying their politics, studying their history, and now I am. And I'm Catholic. I'm not Jewish. But I think, you know, these folks have to understand 
Israel has done just about everything for the Palestinians except give up Israel. But that seems to be what the Palestinians want. Oh yeah, and every dead, every Jew dead. That's what they want too. As usual, uh, uh, as usual in this whole statement, she basically forgot that the 700 missiles were actually shot by the Palestinians. There was no attack from Israel. Nothing. They didn't do anything to start attacking. And there is a ton of video about it. Well, anyway, there. Anyway, there's the other uh, genius and anti-Semite, Rashida Tlaib. Listen to this one. When will the world stop dehumanizing our our Palestinian people who just want to be free? Now, this is a big word, and I actually emphasize the word. When will the world stop dehumanizing our Palestinian people who just want to be free? Again, two pro- two problem points here. The one is I've already made it in the last tweet is they are free. If you want them, if they're free, Hamas is holding them down, not the Jews, not the Israel. Hamas is doing it. You want them to be free, free them of Hamas. There are one million Muslims in Israel, and they have the same rights and are treated with the same respect. I'm going to say that later, but the same respect as the Jewish people. There's no difference. It's Hamas that is actually holding down the people, making them follow um, Sharia law. This is just crap. But the big word here is dehumanizing our Palestine people. Listen, Rashida Tlaib doesn't give a damn about America. She hates America. She makes that very clear every time she opens her mouth. I wish she'd go on that hunger strike and just go away. Okay, her main allegiance is to Palestine. Her allegiance is not to the United States. So that is an extremely telling word there. Headlines like this and framing it in this way just feeds into the continued lack of responsibility on Israel who unjustly oppress and target Palestinian children and families. Hashtag free Palestine. Um, no, no. Um, Israel was attacked. Israel has a right to defend itself. And Israel, actually, it, they have the right to walk in there and tear that government apart. They could walk in there tomorrow and destroy that country. It's not even a country. It's a territory. It's an Israeli territory. And Israel has shown nothing but compassion and flexibility in trying to make the Gaza Strip the Palestine, into the Palestinian territory. But the Palestinians just, the Hamas actually, backed by Iran, it's not even all Palestinians. I don't even think it's the majority of the Palestinians just hate Israel that much. Um, one of these days, I'll sit there and read the the uh, Hamas charter, the charter that they live by. It's filled with hate. It's strewn with hate. It's like, it's not much different than that manifesto by that 
crazy character in Christchurch in in, in uh, New Zealand. It's insane. They hate Jews. That's it. Period. End of story. They hate Israel, and they want to destroy Israel, and then they want to go out and they want to kill every other Jew outside of Israel. That's the fact. Well, right now, uh, apparently, they there have not been any missiles fired, uh, but we'll have to see. Um, Netanyahu is getting a lot of garbage about not walking in and actually attacking Hamas and actually overthrowing the country. But I think he's not getting that. But his main opponent to that is the guy he actually lost, uh, he actually beat in the election. So that's not taken serious. But the Israelis are getting really tired of getting shot at. Um, Netanyahu sounds like he's going to take a much stronger stand than he had before, which I would not blame him for. Uh, he says operations are not complete, but we'll see if they're complete or not. And so this just happened over the weekend. Let's see how long that ceasefire lasted. My guess it'll last as long as it takes Hamas to actually regroup, rearm, and it'll all start over again. The Middle East just seems to be a real hotbed because the U.S. is all sending an, an aircraft carrier strike group and a bomber task force to the Middle East because intelligence information uh, uh, has been received about Iran planning attacks on U.S. interests and forces in the Middle East. National Security Advisor John Bolton said deployments are, the deployments are meant to send, quote, send a clear and unmistakable message to the Iranian regime that any attack on the United States interests or those of our allies will be met with unrelenting force. The, for, uh, the, 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 um, uh, the force, the Navy ships have already been deployed. They were actually going to the Middle East anyway, but the deployment has been expedited. So they've actually said, okay, get out there right away. So that's awesome. But at least we have, it's awesome. We ha At least we have an administration who will confront the terror threats with the threat of force, unlike the Obama administration, who just basically ignored it until we had terrorists on our own land. Iran is run by a bunch of cowards. They won't face the United States directly. And you know why? Because they get their butts kicked and they know it. So, like a fly to a gorilla, they buzz around and annoy the garbage out of us. They perform cowardly terrorist attacks with their weak-minded followers. They wage war through other countries like they're doing on the Gaza Strip in Yemen. Which is one of the reasons why we can't leave Yemen. It's a terrible country, and they do want to rule the world. And any, quote, infidel, end quote, I, I could should just say air quotes, it deserves to be enslaved or deserves to die. Um, and what's worse, this is what makes Tlaib and Omar's tweets more galling. It just drives me freaking crazy. They keep telling us the United States is the terror state, while ignoring the actions of their countries, the countries that they actually love, and continually supporting these regimes. 
Here's a newsflash. Iranians do not want to be under the mullahs in Iran. They don't. Arab Spring has risen in Iran. The people are westernized there. They want to be like the United States. They want to be like Israel. That country does not hate the United States. It's only the uh, theocracy in the government that hates the United States. Ugh. They're a terrible country. I, I And I'm not talking about the entire country. I'm not talking about all the people. The government is just freaking terrible. And they want to rule the world. And they want to kill everyone else. Um, the good news is with uh, Omar and, and Omar's tweets and, and Tlaib's tweets, the president doesn't really care. Uh, he doesn't give a damn. He hardly even acknowledges their opinions. Heck, half the time they say, well, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who, if you listen recently, is becoming a little bit more irrelevant. Do you realize that? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the one that's not really talked about anymore. It's Omar, it's uh, uh, Ilhan Omar, and that's because she says such stupid things. But the stupid things AOC says are not being listened to anymore because she's stupid and everyone knows it. So anyway, I'm, I'm going off topic. Uh, the president doesn't even acknowledge these people. It, it, the first time they asked they asked him about Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, he didn't even know who she was. He said, who? So phenomenal. Good job, President Trump. In the end, we need to condemn and show our power to the world. The United States does not have a lot of friends, especially within the country, it's our country itself. Heck, we have politicians who run with a promise to make the country better, but the next breath they tell, they say they hate it and have allegiances to other country, or we're just a horrible country, garbage like that. It's good to see that this country is taking a stand against all that threaten our well-being. Good for Donald Trump. Oh, but here we go. We Here's something better. Venezuela, the socialist country that, if you remember with Venezuela, Chavez came in here, came into the United States and said, oh, Donald, uh, the president of the United States, and that at the time was, I think it was Obama. No, it was Bush. The uh, president, Hugo Chavez at the time, the one who converted the entire country to a socialist country. That's where we're heading, folks. That's what that's what the left wants. They want socialism. And they must like socialism in Venezuela because they keep defending the new the president down there, Maduro. I'm gonna I'm going off on a tangent. I'm gonna stop now. So let me let me keep going on track and then I'll go off a little later. Uh, the president of Venezuela, headed by uh, last week, the people of Venezuela, headed by President-elect Juan Guaido, and that's how you do pronounce it, it's Guaido, uh, started their quest for overthrowing the evil socialist dictator Nicolas Maduro. Hundreds of thousands of people took to the streets to take back their government. Guaido, who's seen legit as the legitimate president by, I believe it's it's definitely over 50 countries, but I believe it's by 55 countries, including the United States, was backed further by some defections from the military of Maduro's government. 
according to the U.S., Maduro was ready to leave the country. It was getting that bad. He was going to leave for Cuba, but was convinced by Vladimir Putin to stay in the country and retain control. Right now, uh, Maduro still has control of most of his military, but he is also supported by Cuban, uh, by Cuban, some of the Cuban military and Cuban gang members. They actually have Cuban biker gangs and Cuban outlaws there protecting Maduro. That's awesome. Now, You'd think with this kind of support Maduro has and with the uprising that everything would be okay, that eventually Venezuela would fall. But no, this is actually really dangerous for Maduro, for Guaido, and for his dissidents, those that left the government, those that left the military. Though there were some defections, there were not a lot of defections. A lot of folks are afraid to leave Maduro simply because what if he wins? It could be bad for them. Guaido needs the help of of the mil Guaido does need the help of the Venezuelan military since the population has been disarmed by Chav by the Chavez regime ten years ago. Welcome to the Second Amendment. That's exactly why we have a Second Amendment. Please read the Constitution if you haven't. His people are going up against armed soldiers and tanks, and those. Military personnel have no problem doing them harm. Matter of fact, there's video out there, I didn't include it because it was pretty brutal, of uh, Venezuelan armored carriers running over citizens and actually intentionally running over citizens. They didn't need to do it. If this uprising is unsuccessful, the uh, freedom fighters may never have another chance again or it may take them years to recover. Guaido must know this because he has actually requested military assistance from the United States. Okay, and this is where things get kind of colorful. Though all options are on the table for how to help Guaido, the administration has really shown a reluctance to use the military unless it was absolutely necessary. Wars may be popular when they start, but people get tired of dealing with them as the war goes on too long. An example with this was the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq with George W. Bush. He, I know there was some misdirection with Iraq, but there wasn't with Afghanistan. In Afghanistan, we are still fighting that war, sort of. So it's, it's not popular. And the other thing that really bothers me is whenever we seem to enter a war, it ends up being our responsibility to clean up the mess. That includes helping the country rebuild the government, the infrastructure, and the military. We're at a $22 trillion debt and really can't afford extra expenses. The problem is, Juan Gua the, the other problem is Juan Guaido himself. He's. He's not a right-wing capitalist. He is a socialist. He is a left-wing socialist. I'm not sure replacing a socialist dictator with another socialist, or I guess a democratic socialist in this case, is a recipe for, going, for not going through this whole thing again in another 10 years.
There are reasons to help these people, though. There, we, there are reasons we need to think about it. The first, this is a humanitarian crisis. People are dying of sickness, starvation, and the crime. The average Venezuelan has lost 24 pounds since this whole thing has started. Maduro is also with other evil regimes like Cuba, Russia, and Iran. We really don't want countries like that influencing, being involved, or being present in this, within this hemisphere. One of the things that's always kept the United States, States safe is that, is that big body of water, the ocean, the Pacific and the Atlantic Ocean, keeping these people away from us. Venezuela is also a very rich country, was also a very rich country until Hugo Chavez got his, dug his claws into it. It had fantastic oil production. It's one of the oil, most oil-rich countries in the world, and that includes, it is more oil-rich than the Middle East. I think the only country that has more oil is probably the United States. Helping, helping that country and building it up to be as rich as it was before may be very good for us, may be very good for our economy, may be very good for their economy. But here's the problem. Can we stomach another socialist president? And I'm not so sure. But time will only tell. Um, I am disgusted with the whole thing. Uh, the left is continually trying to prop this Maduro up as the as a good man and running a good country, but this shows socialism. This shows what this country cannot turn out to be. I hear these democratic presidents talking about taking our guns away. Well, guess what? Hugo Chavez took the guns away of the Venezuelan people. And now they're being run over by jeeps. They're being shot in the streets. They're being teased by soldiers to come on. Why don't you come come at me? Because as he's armed with a uh, M16 and a sidearm. This is a country who had a capitalist society, a free mar- a capitalist uh, economic system, a free market economic system, and was the richest in South America. And then you saw how. Government really sucks. They centralized everything. They centralized all business, all words. Do you know what Hugo Chavez's main selling point for socialism was? Health care. I kid you not. It was health care. One of these days I'm going to have a podcast. We're going to talk about socialism because I have read a few books that I absolutely love. Um, and they really talk about socialism. Uh, I just finished the uh, I just finished the Gulag Archipelago. That was recommended by I can't tell you how many writers. I've also read The Right Side of History by Ben Shapiro. I I can't even tell you. I've read all of George Orwell's books. Animal Farm. Still to this day, I'm quoting from it. We really got to have a conversation about socialism. But with that, I want to really have a, a partner with me because I think it would really be something. So in our final story of the day, let's talk about, uh, uh, let's talk about the Democrats. So we have Israel being bombed. 
we have by terrorists backed by the Iranian government. Iran is threatening us to the point we are sending the military and the people of Venezuela, apparently being sick of eating dogs, have decided to overthrow the illegitimate socialist dictator of Venezuela. So what are we talking about here in the United States? Why don't you listen to this? He was being deceptive and deceitful. I have to say, I found his answers total gobbledygook about that. I mean, you know, the, the fact is, Mueller wrote a letter of protest. I think that I am channeling uh, many members of the American public who feel that these past two years have been disheartening for people who believe in justice. I'm sorry if I sound like they've broken my spirit. I am not spending a crap load of time on this because this is so stupid. This is such an unnecessary story. And the Dems behavior has just become asinine. I have been avoiding the whole thing because it is just so stupid. We went over the Mueller report and the Mueller report was what it was. It was basically President Trump's not getting accused of anything. It's over. It is, and it literally is over. Hell, I'm not even going to waste my time on it now. Here's the story in only a few, in eight lines. Mueller got more than two years to investigate Trump, Trump's collusion. Mueller ha hands the report to Attorney General William Barr. William Barr wrote a four-page summary. He asked Mueller to read it. Mueller said no. Mueller read the report, didn't wanted Barr to release the two executive summaries from the report. Remember, this was a 450-page report. So there's, and it was in two parts. Each part had its own executive summary. It, the total was about 19 pages. Barr said no, because he was going to release the entire report. So he did not see the need to release the summaries. Barr read his summary. His summary stated, that President Trump was not guilty of collusion and there wasn't enough evidence to exonerate President Trump of obstruction, but there wasn't enough evidence of obstruction. Which, by the way, an exoneration and I don't have enough evidence, but I can't exonerate is the same thing in this case. They're not charging him. Two weeks later, Barr releases the report with less than 10 percent redactions but he also leaves an unredacted copy for congress both the senate and the house within a skiff at at the congressional buildings a skiff is a security area you can't leave you can't talk about it not one nobody read the unredacted report Nobody actually signed out the unredacted report. See how stupid this whole thing is? He appears in front of Congress last week and the Dems accuse him of lying about the Mueller letter. Every, every answer he could have given to them, I didn't think it was important, I released the report. They accuse him of not being trans, uh, transparent. Again, I released the report. All the information is there. Today, 
he was threatened with jail. He was accused of lying. He was accused of not appearing again in front of the House Senate Judici- uh, House Judiciary Committee. And they threatened to actually put him in jail. That's the story. It's really simple. What the hell is all this about? This has been the most transparent process in political history. How is he lying about a summary or about a Mueller letter if he released a report? It's all there. Don't listen to a summary. Read the report. Don't worry about Mueller. Read the report. Mueller wasn't happy about a summary. Who cares? Read the report. It's all there. You don't, his summary doesn't matter. The report's out there. How is he a lackey for the president? I don't know. He released the report. Everyone can read the report. How is he covering up the guilt of the president when he, wait for it, released a report? The news media is still talking about Trump being guilty. They can't let go of their narrative. Because it's one they've been hanging on to for the last two and a half years. They're still saying that President Trump colluded with Russia. He didn't. And he didn't obstruct. He did some very stupid things. He did some very unwise things. But he never he never obstructed justice. He wanted, yeah, of course he wanted, um, he wanted Mueller fired, but he never fired Mueller. How is this obstruction? These guys are trying to make up crimes that aren't there. Okay, I'm, this is how stupid this whole thing has gotten. I will never talk about this again unless Barr ends up in jail because it's just so dumb. I, I just... This this was actually I, this was actually funny, and you can watch the video on my website dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I'm going to release the notes today, but this congressman, um, his uh, congressman Cohen. I don't know his first name, and to be honest with you, I don't want to know his first name. This has got to be the ugliest son of a gun I have ever seen in my life. I mean, he is just disgusting looking. I wouldn't want to be anywhere near this guy. Well, this guy showed up at a press conference with a porcelain chicken and a bucket of KSC as a metaphor about how Barr is scared to be interviewed by Congress. Now, here's the thing about this whole thing. Barr was going to go in front of Congress, but Congress changed the rules. Congress said, well, everyone's going to get about seven minutes to interview him, but then the lawyers... For the congressman, we're going to get about three minutes to interview him, too. And Barr said, no, you guys want to interview me? Interview me. I'm not going to be interviewed by 550,000 people. That's not my job. So he refused to go. So right now what they're doing is they're actually trying to um, they're actually trying to give him a they're trying to give him two um, uh, citations for ignoring Congress. The first one is the unredacted report. Well, here's a newsflash. He did leave a copy of the unredacted report. They can read it. 
and he can't release the unredacted report to the public because it's illegal. And the third one is he didn't show up to this, this case. Well, you guys could have listened the day before because he was actually talking to the Senate. And I'm pretty sure the Senate does not have anything different than what, uh, what uh, the House has anything different to ask than um, what the Senate asked. It's just, it's all crap. Anyway, this, I mean, seriously, this is a guy who served as a, this is the second time he's served as attorney general. The last time he was brought in as attorney general, 90% of the Senate voted for him. I just don't understand why suddenly this guy who's a millionaire, I mean, and we're not talking tens of millions, we're talking hundreds of millions. He has always had a great career, always been a uh, loyal guy always been a just guy and they're treating him like this it's just it's disgusting but hey why why this is just a deflection the left is in trouble trump was spied on the fbi showed political bias through the trump and clinton investigation the fisa court gave a uh, permit gave a subpoena or allowed the Justice Department to spy on American citizens. And it used a document that was less than trustworthy. The means, the, the Obama White House probably started the investigations, the spying of American citizens. The president was spied on. And even that idiot Clapper, the former uh, CIA director, says, well, I don't like using spying, but yeah, it probably could happen. Of course he knows it happened. Clapper lied. McCabe lied. All these guys, all these guys, Clinton lied. They all lied in front of Congress. Stork lied. Uh, his, his F buddy lied. They all lied in front of Congress. They're all in trouble. And Barr is investigating all of it. One of the things you may have caught during those, those interviews with the Senate is they kept asking him to recuse himself from the 14 other investigations, which basically goes into what I just talked about. Of course they want to recuse himself. Barr's a smart guy. He's going to figure stuff out. And some bigwig people are going to be in big trouble. I mean, I would love Comey to get into big trouble. He's an idiot. But Barr is going to find some things. Well, that's, it's just, it's a lot of deep state crap. But that's about all I've got to say about that. So, uh, follow me on Twitter at RunningFool. Don't forget to visit my website, uh, I'm going to post this tonight, uh, www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, dumbassestalkingpolitics, common spelling. Folks, have a nice night. Enjoy. Enjoy.